0: you are tuned into Them, That, and This, the podcast that's exploiting humanity one person at a time. And today, we're exploiting Jesse. For several years now, he's been working in the California prison system as a teacher. Now, as you can imagine, this means crazy stories, interesting students, and lots of insights into the California prison system. We also dabble on growing up in a rough neighborhood, and how it's really not as dangerous as most people think. Anyway, if you like our show and feel like you have a story to tell message me at them.inthis at gmail.com or on Instagram at them, that, this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome, Jesse. You how, for how long did you teach in a prison?
1: I taught for uh, about two and a half years, maybe like two years and eight months um, at a prison here in California.
0: And how, like, how did you get into this life of teaching at a prison? Like, how did it come about? Like, uh, walk us through it.
1: So the the prison that i was working at uh, my mom was actually working there and she had told me that they were looking for uh teachers and uh, i was just thinking you know i you know i didn't have a teaching credential um but the kind of position they were looking for was for vocational education and Mm -hmm. what they do um is they teach like job ready skills so they teach trades and for that kind of teaching, you don't need a uh, teaching credential right away. At least here in California, what they do is um, the, the state, uh, the Department of Corrections, will actually kind of sponsor you. Mm-hmm. And as long as you get your credential within three years of starting that position, then you can continue working. Uh, wow. So I had some experience working with um, kids uh, through like an ROP program yeah I had a I had a business at the time and my partner he had a clothing store and through his clothing store we were uh, working with the ROP program at the high school and they were just kind of send us like they're kind of like troubled youth I mean I'm sure you know what the ROP program is like I used to take ROP
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so
1: I. that's yeah. actually how i got into graphic design which is what i was teaching at the mm-hmm. prison um but there, it's like a lot of kids that are at risk of not graduating and kids that are like on the verge of going into continuation school they're you know yeah they're they're not on the best path so mm-hmm. that was my experience i was taking these kids in from the rp program teaching them about uh, the business, which it was a screen printing business, so we were printing shirts and you know clothing, yeah, and I would teach them about graphic design and art, and that 's kind of how I got my introduction into the idea of of teaching, uh, so anyways, I applied for that job at mm-hmm. the prison, and initially, they hired me on to teach. Microsoft Office, uh, yeah. so PowerPoint, Word, Excel, and mm-hmm. um, I did that class uh, first. That was the first class.
0: Were I you did, like uh, were you, Were you a little nervous? Like working for a prison. That sounds like a. It sounds kind of scary, you know. Like like prisoners. Like were you nervous when you started? Like to be in the room with them. How did you feel?
1: So I I definitely had some nerves because it's not. It's not something that I had ever experienced. You know, I'd never been inside of, even inside of a prison. Yeah. Um, so it was a, It was kind of interesting the way I started because th- this is kind of what opened the doors uh, for me to just see how the state runs uh, things from a different perspective because we see a lot of things going on in uh the media with prisons and how they're run um yeah i think i should probably mention it was a private prison
0: what does that uh, mean exactly like what is a private prison
1: so a private this is where a lot of people get confused because people a lot of the controversy people believe that the private prisons are just profiting profiting off of the incarceration of these people which they they are they definitely are Mm -hmm. However, the way that the private prison system works is that the state allocates funds for the prison system, and those funds get uh, distributed to the Department of Corrections. The -hmm. Department of Corrections then contracts private companies from their budget to house these inmates yeah and uh so the state's actually not paying extra for the private prisons it's already in the budget uh it's kind of like outsourcing so the the state has these inmates and because the prisons are overpopulated, they send the inmates to private companies and then the state the department of corrections pays the private companies so it's um, not
0: like a it's not like a private school where like you know, you get like rich kids. It's not like a. It's not like you get like richer prisoners, like prisoners who like you know committed financial crimes or something. It's like just, it's different. So,
1: there there definitely was a certain type of uh, inmates housed at this facility. So the facility was designated as a special needs facility. Uh, so basically, what that means is. Um, For people that kind of know prison terms, it was a, um, it was a PC yard. Uh, so they send inmates to these facilities, Mm -hmm. uh, that would actually be killed in a regular prison. So it's people like sex offenders, child molesters, uh, dirty cops, um, you know uh, it's people that would generally just not be safe in a normal prison
0: how did you feel about them like i don't don't know like like teaching uh, teaching these prisoners how are they like are they like is it like you're teaching like a room full of the bad kids at school like is everybody like fucking around or like like how are they how are the prisoners when you're teaching them in that room there's definitely a
1: little bit of that um And I can get we can get to some stories. But yeah, there's definitely a little bit of that. So kind of going back to, uh, you know, just like being in the room with these people, when I started, um, I started, it was maybe mid December, and I actually didn't start my first class Mm -hmm. until January. So I was kind of just hanging around the prison setting up my room and they assign uh, like an aide to me which is a, an inmate Yeah, and he's there to just kind of help me out with whatever I need like if I need him to pass out papers or collect papers pass out you know the same stuff a teacher's aide would do so for maybe like four or five weeks it was just me and this uh, the inmate did he give you like the uh, lowdown on how prison life goes and all that so he kind of did the The interesting thing about this facility is that everybody is short-term, so they have pretty short sentences, or at least they're Mm -hmm. short on the time left on their sentence. So a lot of these guys, they just want to go home. They're not real ready to, like, start trouble, like serious trouble. Um, And kind of spending some time with my aide, he was... uh, it's a it's an interesting dynamic because you're not really as a, a staff member you're not really supposed to get close to any of the inmates, mm-hmm. um, but the teachers we work with the inmates in a different capacity than, like the prison guards would the correction officers yeah so in a lot of ways we kind of have to cross a few of those boundaries so in speaking with my aide. He kind of let me know what to expect. Um, What did he say? And so he would—he was just kind of telling. So when we start the job, we go through training, and they tell Uh us like what kind of people uh, are being housed there. You know, just like I explained. Yeah. So before you even meet any inmates. You kind of have this mentality of, like, these are just absolutely terrible people. They definitely did terrible things. Yeah. um, But part of my job is to... It's not to judge them. My job is to teach them. I mean, how did you feel about them,
0: though, personally? Like, how did you feel about them?
1: They're... So here's the thing as well. I'm not able to see their case files. So I don't know exactly what they've done. But in California, we have, uh, like, all of the sex offenders are registered. So it's pretty easy to go and see who is a registered sex offender.
0: Did you ever look?
1: And I definitely looked. Uh, I think each class that I taught... I, I looked. Um, you can't really see their crimes, but you can see some of their charges, and it kind of gives you an idea into what they may have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to go into it. Uh, I try to not really think about it because if I think about it, I'm going to create some problems for myself. A lot of the mentality inside of prison from the inmates is uh how do I say it? They it's just like the the cliche. So we both came from Baldwin Park and um you know just the kind of people that are there, a lot of the gang members yeah. uh-huh. they talk a lot about respect. And yeah, it's if a big you thing. don't show respect in prison you're gonna have some consequences, no matter if you're a staff member or, if you're another inmate, so they mm-hmm. carry that mentality all the time, and respect doesn't necessarily mean uh you know you have uh, you hold this person to a higher standard, it just means that you recognize the situation mm-hmm. and you kind of try to work around that so yeah there's some there were some other teachers there that kind of got themselves into uh, like verbal altercations, I would say, because yeah. they were treating they were treating the inmates that way, uh, they were treating their students that way. You know, though this person's a sex offender, this person's a child molester, and I I saw this real quick because when I start, I get to uh, you know shadow the teachers, just like you do with any job you, you do, have some kind of, kind of on the job training. Yeah. So I got to sit with some of these teachers and see how they interacted and it was pretty obvious to me just kind of coming from the environment that I came from um, that there's a certain way you need to conduct yourself if you want to stay safe because when you cross through those doors and I go out to my classroom, it's me and it's 12 inmates. And yeah. all i have is a whistle so and there's well, there's one officer so there's like there's me and there's five other classrooms and then they do kind of like reentry programs uh a a n a uh it's so there's ca- one there's one it- officer with maybe like a hundred inmates at their out there Shit. at any time
0: yeah
1: um and nobody has any weapons so if anybody has a weapon it's going to be one of the inmates so you kind of have to carry that in the back of your mind. Like, you know, I'm I'm sure you kind of know the mentality that some of these kind of people have.
0: It's like if you talk to like a gangster, like, you know, like, you know, probably this person's a scumbag, but you're going to treat them like a normal person. You know, you're going to like try to like, like be down to earth and relate to them. Even if you know, like they're probably terrible, just like, you know, it's like respectful. Like, you know, like, like you're not going to like uh, treat someone differently, even if they are different
1: exactly that's exactly what it is so you know me knowing that these people have committed some of what a lot of people would say are the worst kinds of crimes which I'm not I'm not here to argue that fact um yeah it's it's not only is it not my job to judge them but at the same time I also need to make sure that I make it home to my family yeah yeah So that's kind of like the mentality you have to have. And it's something that not a lot of people are ready to deal with. Um, There's a lot of turnover inside of the field of corrections because people uh, get themselves into trouble by, um, you know, talking certain ways to these inmates. And people get themselves into trouble because they form close relationships with these inmates sometimes even romantic Shit. relationships
0: wow yeah you just, i think like I, w- I would assume you just have to like be cool like do your job like you're not there to like lecture these people you know you're you just got to be like you know you have to be cool you know
1: yeah that's exactly what it is and that's kind of how that's just kind of how i've always carried myself you know i got into yeah. my own trouble early on Uh, And I just kind of had to distance myself from certain people and just kind of rethink how I wanted to go through life. And that's, you know, there's some things that you want to fight for. And then there's just some things that are not worth your energy. You could use that energy somewhere else.
0: So you taught them like these these skills like uh, Microsoft office and like you know all all that do you think like honestly in your honest opinion like what do you think's going to happen to these people like it'll probably be really hard for them to get like work work with their you know where they're going to use powerpoint and microsoft office i imagine like what do you what do you think is next for them you know yeah so
1: that's kind of what led me into teaching graphic design so when i started teaching the microsoft class mm-hmm. the uh, it's real basic curriculum but at the same time i was teaching people that had sometimes been in prison longer than i'd been alive you know they spent Shit. like 30 years in prison and wow. i had a few that had never even seen um like sat in front of a computer
0: that's um, insane like, they have
1: they have a lot of i would say They have a lot of communication with the outside world or options for communication. You know, they can use the phone. They can write letters. But if they don't have any family or, you know, contacts on the outside, their only form of, I guess, knowledge of the outside world comes from, uh, like, news that they put on inside of the living spaces. You know, they'll put on news. They'll get the newspaper And then, you know, they talk amongst themselves. So some of them had not ever sat in front of a a computer. So part of that class was teaching um, the basics of computers. So I would literally have to teach them how to turn the computer on, how to turn the monitor on, what the mouse did, what it was, how to use the keyboard. So we would spend some time kind of going through those basics
0: that's going to be a hard life man like when they get out of prison like you know living in the world of like instagram and like facebook and social media and everything so inner being so internet based like you know like at this point like computer things are like second first nature for us like for them it's like they're living in in like they're living in the in the time you were born it's like they're living in 1989 you know
1: yeah it's that's a good way to look at it because i think Uh, i think our generation was one of the last to kind of grow up without computers and at the same time grow up with them because i think uh when i got my first computer i was maybe like 11 or 12 and yeah uh,
0: same for me i think i was like i think i was like 12 years old when we first got the internet like 12 13 yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and before that, you know,
1: it was just you know normal what you would consider normal kids stuff, you know, playing outside, um, you know, playing around Super Nintendo, in the Yeah, or you know, we always had some kind of video game. Somebody always had yeah. some kind of video game going on. So
0: that's hard, man. Like it's gonna like. Do you did you ever feel like you were teaching them in vain? Because uh, did you ever feel like there's no <laughs> way they're gonna make it in the job world? You know. Like, especially in, like, a an industry where you need to, like, send resumes by email and, like, all that kinds of stuff, you know?
1: <laughs> if if I'm being honest, there was definitely a few where I'm just like, man, there's just no hope for this guy. He's wow. for sure going back out to do yeah. the same, you know, the same nonsense he was doing before. And that, a lot of the times, that was the case, you know, somebody would get released and... Um, the, they would literally be back The next day so The next day that, Yeah that would happen a few Ooh. times though. So that really would mean that they did Something the day they were released They got picked up by the sheriff And
0: they just brought him back Do you think they do it on purpose because it's too overwhelming to be out? Like, maybe they're out there. It's been 30 years. They don't know what the hell is going on. They don't don't even know the world that they're living in anymore. Maybe life in prison just seems like the only normal thing at that point. Like, might as well get arrested again. Like, you know, it's the only place where life is normal, you know? The world isn't what they knew it to be. Yeah, it definitely
1: is the case some of the time. And this is something that I've heard directly from the inmates you know some of them will just be straight up with you and they'll tell you you know what i'm i don't want to deal with all the responsibility out there i'm just going to go do something and come right back because this is easier and it kind of not to say that all of the facilities in california were like this but it was kind of like Uh, almost like a summer camp, you know, um, with a bunch of high school kids, but it's just guys like, so in high school, yeah, yeah, in high school I played football my freshman Mm -hmm. year and being around the inmates kind of reminded me of the mentality that a lot of the football players had. Mm -hmm. Um, you know they're just kind of immature jocks, and they're all trying. Most of them are trying to be like the alpha, you know, like yeah. who can puff their chest up the most, and Ew. it's yeah. That's kind of the the environment that it it creates when you have all these men living together.
0: Wow, yeah, that's. That's tough, man. Do you think the, tel- the California, not even just the California prison system, but the prison system probably across the United States, do you think it should make an effort to like keep these people like in line with what goes on on the outside, the new technologies and all that kinds of stuff?
1: Absolutely. So part of what, um, you know, part of my mentality being there was, believing in the rehabilitation portion of right. even just the term corrections and rehabilitation and i think california is making a lot of effort to move away from the correction side uh towards the rehabilitation side and that's why that's why we had jobs like mine you know there was a lot of uh, even right now there's a lot of positions available for these types of instructors and they're specific for like uh you know electrical for um there's a a prison here in chino california they have like underwater welding that they teach so wow there's there's definitely a push within the last i don't know maybe 10 years to Mm -hmm. go in that direction but part of the problem is is the mentality that a lot of the officers go in and a lot of the staff because you definitely have like these really shitty people Mm -hmm. working in that environment that are counterproductive you know what i'm saying
0: yeah for sure like they're gonna go in there like uh treating the prisoners like shit, like you know like expecting the worst of them right off the bat like they're not there to like help these people they're there to like punish them you know
1: exactly there's a big divide and i understand why they might think that way but it doesn't mean just because i understand it doesn't mean that it's not irrational and doesn't mean that it's you know the best way to go about it because that's how you have a lot of uh, it creates a lot of tension and when these officers are in the living spaces um it, and they're creating tension with the inmates that's carried over to somebody in a position like mine um, mm-hmm. to kind of de-escalate a lot of situations.
0: Like, tell me some stories. Like, what have you seen? Like, have you seen some crazy shit in the classroom? Um,
1: so, there's definitely... There definitely have been some, I wouldn't say, like, super dangerous situations Mm -hmm. we never found like any weapons out in any of the classrooms but we have found like drugs out there um people somehow bringing in meth that was that was one thing too um some people would like get released and then they'll end up coming back in and they've got some kind of drugs uh drugs on them so sometimes it gets in that way you have you know obviously there's Corrupted staff that bring it in but we we did find i think on two occasions we found drugs both Mm -hmm. instances were meth um there's every once in a while there's a fight um like in the class yeah yeah there was one fight in uh in one of the classrooms and then there was another fight in one of the bathrooms and then there there's like kind of Uh, the classes will go for a break you know like a 15 minute break yeah and there's like a a, just like a little gathering area outside there's fights there so there's there's definitely fights it's kind of normal when you're in that environment
0: like when you has a fight ever broke out in your classroom while you were teaching
1: there were never any fights in my classroom Um, And I think that has a lot to do with the way that I conducted myself and the way that I conducted my class. Yeah. Um, Because you have to be very direct with these people, with the inmates, with the students. You have to be very direct and you have to tell them what your expectations are. And you, you have to let them know just kind of what you're not going to tolerate And I think my first class that I ever had was a little bit rowdy, um, but they never got physical, they never got violent. It was just more of like a class full of class clowns, you know what I mean? That sounds fucking
0: hectic. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds horrible. It it definitely
1: was. It definitely was. But in my time time there, I kind of came to realize that when there's a new staff member the population the inmate population as a whole kind of tests them to see how they're going to react to certain situations and Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of what was going on because very quickly within just like the first day or two i realized that i needed to i needed to make sure that they knew that i understood what they were doing is not Going to continue, you know, like I'm just not going to accept uh, this kind of behavior. You know, it's very weird because I'm talking to people that could be twice my age, yeah, I have 30, 40 years on me, but it doesn't matter how old they are, that's where the respect comes in. Because if you establish your own boundaries. They understand mm-hmm. what they can and cannot get away with. And they're not... Like like I said, a lot of these people, they're ready to go home. They they don't want to cause too many problems because if they cause a big enough problem, they're going to get some time added on to their sentence. So Shit. if you establish your rules right away, um, you kind of... Avoid a lot of those situations entirely, and, and as long as you're consistent with your behavior, then you it, it just makes your life on that
0: side a whole lot easier. So tell me this, like, like te- like teaching in the prison, like for instance. Holy shit! Hold on, hold on. My mind just my mind just kind of went blank for a second. <laughs> hold on. Um. Okay, like, like. All right. <clears throat> like, if they're bad, if you have a student who's bad, mm-hmm. is it is it like a, a high school class? Would you like send them to the office? Would you like call an officer him in to like escort him out and then see him the next day?
1: <coughs> Absolutely. So, if there's ever a situation where, like, a student is just kind of presenting themselves in an aggressive way even if it's just verbally aggressive that officer that's out there can be called in to send the the inmate out now the problem is is that there when you do that there's not really any repercussions they they just get sent out of the class and they get sent back to their living spaces most of the time because there's like they don't want to do paperwork for you know, yeah. you know he was just mouthing off um, and then so you see him
0: the next day again the same prisoner he comes ex- back
1: exactly, exactly so when you do that uh, when you take that kind of route it doesn't really solve the problem for you as a teacher it just kind of creates more problems because yeah. if somebody doesn't want to be in there and they see that you're just sending people out that are you know a little bit mouthy Uh Everybody's going to do that because they're, you know, they want to go and they want to watch TV or play cards or just go and sleep. Um, So that was never my approach. You know, my approach was always to directly tell them um, that what they were doing is not acceptable. And if they had any issues that we could talk about it while the class went to break.
0: So do you do you feel like a lot of so it wasn't like it was something that they were made to do then, like a lot of them probably didn't want to be there then in the class.
1: Definitely, a lot of them didn't want to be there. Part mm-hmm. of the part of what could create some issues though is that for completing my class, they would get time off of their sentence and ah okay, yeah. For my class, my class was. Mm, it was six months and I, if I'm remembering correctly for the six months they put into my class they got um they got ten weeks off that's or, amazing it was eight yeah they got they got a good chunk of time off of their sentence for completing yeah. my class but part of completion meant that they had to complete the work so as long as they completed the work they were going to get that time reduction on their sentence
0: and it's like they have homework, they have tests and quizzes and all that.
1: I never assigned any homework, just because they're it's a. Um,
0: they're always home. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're, yeah. They're,
0: they're
1: always they they are always home. That's what they call kind of their living area. They call it their their home. You know, I'm going yeah. back to the house. Um, mm-hmm. But I never yeah I never assigned them any homework or work to take with them outside of the classroom because we spent a lot of time in class I had the same class every day and we were in class for like six hours Um, so I never really felt it necessary to send them back with work that they probably just weren't going to do anyways when we had such a considerable amount of time in class to get everything done so part of that means that if they didn't get the work done holding them accountable you know yeah because there's no reason why they shouldn't get work done when we're spending six hours a day in class
0: like what would be like um the ma- like what would be the majority of the work though like like what would they do like all right so if a regular person i guess maybe i shouldn't say regular but if i like a person not in prison like like someone who went to college like if you took that class that you were teaching would you mm-hmm. think that it was hard so the Microsoft Office class was a
1: joke. It was just ridiculously easy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's Microsoft Office. How much are you going to teach uh, about Word, PowerPoint? We did kind of get some good work into Excel. Um I mean, but you know, yeah. there's there's only so far you can go with that. The graphic design class that I was teaching, um it mm-hmm. was uh we spent like 3 months on graphic design and then 3 months on just basic web design stuff. Yeah. A lot of the lessons that I created were based off of things that I had done in college. So in a lot of ways I taught it as a college level course. Um mm-hmm. really just because that was the only point of reference that I had, you know. I didn't yeah. have really any experience teaching in a formal setting and I had only just started going to school for my credential. Um so a lot of the kind of teaching aspects of it I was really unfamiliar with so it just it made sense to me to kind of teach them in a similar manner that I learned Um, and for the graphic design web design course I ended up um, structuring it in a way that uh, when we finish the course they would have a complete Uh, Package. So, what we did was um, kind of like small business um, development almost. So, we would start off the class with kind of like conceptualizing uh, what they would do if they could create a business. What kind of business would it be? Um, I would teach them a little bit about uh, um, like. I don't want to say marketing but uh, we touched on it a little bit because you have to cho- in order to design a successful logo which is your your first project you have to know kind of who your target audience is what kind of things uh, make them want to buy you know what kind yeah. of what kind of things invoke the urge to want to buy something so we touched on that a little bit so we go from the logo to a business card and then yeah. from the business card, we would do, um, what would we do after that? We would do, like, a brochure for their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would do, like, a t-shirt design. We would do, oh, man, I can't even remember.
0: But we would they- went
1: through, like, the whole, the whole development process
0: what do you what did you think of their personal projects like did they go with like a like all right so i i might be stereotyping them but like was it like a lot of like gangster stuff and all that like like that's what i kind of <laughs> imagined like when they're making like logos like you know like mm-hmm. things that would aim towards like gangsters you know and like hood mm-hmm. lifestyle
1: absolutely there's a lot of that um mm-hmm. but are and you can kind of tell like who's taking the class kind of seriously because they want to learn a new skill and they're actually interested in this and then who's just kind of there because they want to do the work so they can get the time off their sentence yeah Um, and you can kind of tell that kind of carries over in their mentality it carries over in to their work and you definitely see a lot of that but part of part of the course uh requirements is really just to do the work it's there's not really like a grading scale it's just mm-hmm. kind of like pass fail um this is kind of what opened up my eyes to like the ridiculousness of a grading scale in uh, an artistic setting yeah um, because it's very subjective um But there's obviously some kind of guidelines you can go with, but it's very subjective. So everything in the end was kind of pass-fail, and they were both entry-level kind of classes. So you're not going to expect, like, professional quality work. I did definitely get a few that I would say were ready for, like, kind of um, launch, you know. They were ready to launch their business with this identity that they had created Mm -hmm. but it just kind of depends on where they were at with their experience in using a computer you know there's definitely a lot of like that hood mentality and it carries over into their work you get like a lot Uh. of graffiti and uh, um, you know just kind of nonsense like that Um, but that's also where i realized yeah it's tough that's where i realized that you had to kind of draw some kind of line in the sand too because they would be trying to like start uh, businesses that were drug related or um, I had like pimps in my class that were trying to do like escort businesses and you know, I, I had to tell them you know this is not something yeah. that you can do because it's not that I necessarily have an issue with you showing me this kind of work But in order to give you guys credit for the class, I have to take this work to my boss. And this is not something that I'm going to show him. And if I don't show him what you've done, you can't get the credit. So it's explaining things to them in that way rather than just saying, no, this is not acceptable. You can't do this kind of eliminated any kind of argument because they're at the end of the day, all of them want that time off. Um, so yeah. it's just a matter of knowing how to talk with people you know
0: did you feel like did you feel like you bonded with them like you know was it like a, did you feel like you had favorite students you had students that you really liked or like you know like a kind of standard deliver type of thing or dangerous minds or something were you like that teacher that was like there to inspire them and like you know (laughs) make them believe in themselves like did you see like specific students who had like great potential to be something out there in the world when they got out so i definitely
1: i I don't want to say i bonded with them um, Mm -hmm. because i don't
0: you don't want to bond with sex child molesters or anything you know (laughs) possibly
1: not just that, but it's like there's these these were the types of people that I was hanging out with at a, a different point in my life, and they're not the type of people that I want to associate myself with now. So it's not really somebody that I would, you know, associate with myself myself on the outside. So I de- I didn't create a bond in that way, but yeah. I definitely did look at it as you know I'm here to help them recreate themselves you know i'm he- i'm here to help them see the world in a different way that maybe they didn't think about because before i went to uh college i i had no idea what i wanted to do and i yeah. made the decision my senior year to kind of go into that graphic design uh, path mm-hmm. um, And, you know, I thought that maybe somebody would take interest to it. And I definitely did get a few that took interest into it. And they created some really good pieces. And they really took the information that I was giving to them through my experience designing clothes and working in that industry. Um, They definitely took what I had, uh, what feedback I had um, to kind of help improve themselves. So... Yeah, it's it's definitely a rewarding, uh, a, re- a rewarding position at the end
0: of the day. Like they get like some kind of certificate or something <laughs> like when they're when they finish the class like that. Like I don't know. Like I feel like it's it's like almost tragic that like, realistically speaking, like like a former sex offender or even prisoner it's gonna be hard if not almost impossible for them to get like hired by like some kind of legitimate company when there's probably like some college kid who like who wants that position you know absolutely fucked up like i mean do they realize this or do they like do you think they're getting their hopes up like they're gonna go out there like like you know hoping that they could get like ah it sounds so fucked up to say like i don't even want to say it (laughs) <laughs> but I feel like it's it's but i i like i feel like it's true almost like like I don't feel like a lot of like like ah uh, like it sounds horrible like just not a lot of people are gonna want to hire them, you know like just based off their their past just based off of their offenses you know absolutely,
1: yeah, that's definitely the case, and it's something that they're very well aware of even without okay you know being a registered sex offender they're very well aware that they're going to have difficulties getting work Mm -hmm. uh, with a felony you know um yeah it's definitely the case so that was part of the reason why my my class was designed the way it was Um, that's something that i actually had a conversation with them you know this is Graphic design is definitely a skill that you can go out and get a job with. However, we have to understand that the world isn't always welcoming to people with criminal records. So my my course was designed in a way to teach them the skills, the design skills, to be self-sufficient. Yeah. That's why the whole course was designed around them building their own business that makes Um, sense because it's a lot easier when you have the skills it's a lot easier to go out and do that especially now with social media Mm -hmm. to go out and build your own business and kind of make a living for yourself so that was kind of my mentality towards it because when i started that class they kind of the the prison just kind of gave me free reign over it they said um we want you to build up the curriculum from nothing and design it how ever you think would be best and that was the that was kind of the angle that I went with it you know these these guys are very well aware uh that's good I'm of, happy they, of, they are yeah they're they're not even if you get some that are just kind of like they want to act oblivious they're they're yeah. not they know. It's just kind of a coping mechanism you know yeah. um, they're they 're very well aware of the ramifications their crimes have had on their own life, and in some cases they are aware of the effects their crimes have had on other people 's lives you know there, there are definitely some that feel remorse i don 't want to say it's everybody because there's some pretty shitty people. Mm-hmm. but yeah you know some some of these people do have remorse um, whether or not they feel remorse because of the caught. things they've done that they were caught for or they actually feel remorse for the people that they've hurt
0: it's who's yeah. it, it's you know only they
1: know but you know they do show some kind of remorse in, in
0: a lot of cases like like all right so prisoners i think when they got to prison they could probably get a job at a warehouse. They could probably get a job at like a Walmart, but like a sex offender? Like, I don't know who. Like, where do they go after this? Like, where does a sex offender go? Like, who would hire yeah. them? That's uh, yeah. Tough. I don't.
1: I don't. I honestly can't answer that question. You know, a lot of them. I think a lot of them don't really know themselves. You know. Uh, yeah. And I, I think there is a push um, to have. Things like that omitted from job applications, you know, to, to ask if you have a criminal uh, record and if you've committed any crimes. And I th- I think in California, uh, I think in California, you're not required to answer those questions. Um, I, I but don't they wrong. come up
0: in, ba- in background checks? Like when a job hires you, don't they like, not even when a, jo- when a job looks at your application, don't they like, do like criminal background checks or something or... It depends on the
1: position um, mm-hmm. that you're applying for, but yeah, I mean, uh, what kind of position are you going to apply for that's not going to do a criminal background check so yeah. they yeah they they are aware of these issues, and that 's part of the reason why the recidivism rate is so high the uh, the return rate to prison is so yeah. high because they're the world is not really ready for these people to come back in i know a lot of people are out here kind of advocating for prisoners rights but how many of these people are going to offer up a room in their house to these prisoners you know when they're released yeah
0: exactly well i think a big problem is in the prison system that it's not about reforming people it's about punishing them You know, like I don't like. Ideally, I think in like Europe or somewhere, like if someone goes to prison, they should come out a better person. But I think in in America, you could go into prison, and chances are you're going to come out worse. You know? (laughs) Yeah,
1: you definitely will. Um, Especially if you're, you you know, you're out here kind of just committing small crimes. Uh, When you go in there, you're going to be around a lot of people that have a lot of experience in and out of the prison system. And they have a lot of experience, you know, in that gang life. And yeah. you can come out knowing uh, some new
0: s- skills, so to speak. Yeah. And then think about it. Like, if if that's, like, the life you're from, like, that gang life, if that's your family, like, chat, it'll probably be way easy to, like, just, like, get dragged right back into that kinds of, kind of mentality, you know? Absolutely. That's... Um
1: just kind of growing up in Baldwin Park I had friends you know I'm sure you did too I had friends that just kind of yeah. got dragged into that life too yeah, because of their you know their family was you know their grandparents were still active gang members and there's definitely people like that still in prison so it depends just like anywhere it depends on who you surround yourself with because you can go in there and if you're really ready to make changes uh, in your life there 's a lot of opportunities. you can surround yourself with people that are ready to leave the worst of themselves in prison and yeah. kind of do something for themselves. You can go in and you can get you can get an associate 's degree for free and if yeah if you can continue on, you can get uh, a bachelor 's degree it 's a lot cheaper than going to school you know out here um but yeah I mean if you go in there and you have no education you can get a GED you can get an associate's degree I had one student
0: who was Mm -hmm. taking
1: my class yeah and at the same time he uh he was taking six other college courses he had signed up uh, because they do like remote learning uh Mm -hmm. it's uh, I forget what they call it exactly, but basically there 's two colleges that were we were partnered with Lassen Community College and uh, Coastline Community College, and they would actually just send them like all the work they needed by mail and If they wanted to, it was really up to them to teach themselves because there 's no teachers that come in to you know teach the courses that they 're taking with the community college, so they they get yeah. the books. And they get the work, you know, the work pamphlet, and it's up to them to kind of teach themselves. So there's definitely, it's not easy, but there's definitely a lot of opportunity to better yourself in prison in that way.
0: Do you think, you know, there's like a lot of opportunity, like, you know, prisoners are probably like a lot of them, at least like from what you see in the movies, because, you know, I don't have a lot of experiences with prisons or like former prisoners, but a lot of them are like in kick-ass shape, right? Like in really good shape, I imagine.
1: There, there's definitely some, but it's not an overwhelming majority. At least, um, at least at the facility where I was, I, I it was pretty small. I think at our highest capacity or highest mm-hmm. population, we were maybe about seven hundred twenty. It was a pretty small facility, um, but yeah, there's definitely some that they'll take that time and they just work out all day um and then there's some that just sit around and play cards and chess and watch tv all day too so
0: like a good a good small business for a prisoner like a good business plan when they get out is to be like a a, like a personal instructor you know like a workout instructor you know i'm sure they can do that great you know definitely for sure that's
1: i had one student that his his business model was kind of developed around becoming a personal trainer. And yeah. um, that that was his thing. When he wasn't in my class, he was out working out. Um, and, you know, that's what he decided to do for his business. He This guy actually was a former uh, Marine. Yeah, uh, fuck, that's like
0: double the training, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he did, but I, I know he wasn't... Um, you know a, a registered sex offender um, But yeah He he was in there for something Former Marine And that's what his plan was um, He It wasn't even so much a plan He had kind of started um, Talking with I don't know who But he told me he had some people on the outside He was talking with And he was trying to get everything set up uh for him to be ready to go cuz he had to get like uh a, a license to become a personal trainer Yeah um, so he you know he was kind of doing his own research after he started my class to do something with himself when he got out so and at, that's at least in one way I know that's actually at least one person that is kind of trying to prepare themselves for life have hope post-prison yeah. yeah and at the end of the day you know even if i just kind of changed the ideas that one person had I, I kind of feel like it was worth it
0: sure man that's like if you could like if you could like inspire a person and make them want to change their ways i mean that's more than a lot of people do in their life you know that's like a lot of a that's like, a, that's like a huge accomplishment to like actually like affect someone in a very positive way to make them want to change. That's like a beautiful thing, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I've, I see it the same way. And uh, initially when I you know was even thinking about should I apply for this position or not, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like I, I'm sure you know here in California, it's a very heavy li- uh, liberal-leaning state. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of uh, negative kind of ideas that are associated with private prisons. So I kind of had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of apprehension, even just applying, not because I was going to be in a prison, but because, you know, private prisons, uh, you know, according to pretty much anybody that you talk to, is it's just not a good place to be and when i started working there it was completely different from anything i had expected and different from what i had seen in the media and it that it kind of made me start rethinking a lot of what i was seeing in the media not to say that um you know i'm voting republican but it kind of made me question whether or not people that oppose certain ideas had any real knowledge of what actually is going on you know
0: i think there's always a lack of real knowledge in a lot of things you know no matter mm-hmm. what side you on like uh, how many people actually have real knowledge of things and aren't just following something that they hear you know that's like a that's hard to come by like real knowledge is a very specific thing you know
1: yeah it, it definitely is it's it's really something that you can only gain from personal experience, even trying to yeah. live vicariously through somebody it's not effective because you're going to get uh, you're gonna get some form of bias um, yeah because there's a lot of people that can't objectively analyze a situation and can't objectively look at facts you know it would be totally. real easy for me to say that. The prison was just a complete shithole. You know that they were mistreating the inmates. Um, There, there's definitely some of that mentality because people, I think, are just inherently shitty. You know, yeah, Uh, (laughs) for sure. But you know, there's always people that are gonna treat each other like shit. I mean, you can just walk down the street and see and see that you don't have to be in a prison. Was, was
0: the was the prison by the way was it clean like how was the how was it in there was it like a like you know was it hygienic hygienic mm,
1: ab- yeah absolutely it was it was very clean it 's a lot cleaner than
0: a lot of places
1: that i 've been and i don 't know about other facilities but ideally when especially when coronavirus started coming out, it was an ideal place to be because the only Outside interaction people have is the the staff members coming in and out, so the only way uh, you know something like that is going to get into the prison is from a staff member um, but they're the prison itself they have um, workers, so they have people that are kind of like janitors and they 're actually mm. inmates, and the inmates all day they run in shifts and all day they 're just going around. Uh, cleaning down surfaces sweeping mopping it's it's, it was a very clean facility
0: amazing all right so tell me this like you know i'm I'm like i haven't been to like i haven't been to la or california in a long time and um and even when i was there i was noticing it but it could be just because i was in different a different crowd in a different Mm -hmm. place in life but i feel like that whole like gangster and like homeboy culture is kind of dying I feel like it's definitely not as strong mm. as it was back in, like, you know, probably the, the 2000s and the 90s and stuff like that, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, it's a little difficult to say because I've, uh, well, as you know, I've been living out of L.A. County yeah. for almost three years now. Um Actually, I think it'll be three years in like a week or so. Um, but while I was there, I was uh, living in El Mani and I I saw a lot of stuff living in El Mani. That was kind of the reason of why we, we wanted to
0: move. So so the gang life is still alive and well. I've just been like away. Uh, absolutely. <laughs>
1: wow. Absolutely. While
0: we were, we were
1: living in Almani, I think for maybe two or three years. And even just on my street there, um, there was a lot of gang activity. And multiple occasions, people would be found like dead on their lawn. And there was firebombings at, you know, different locations, even just within like a a one mile radius of the house that I was living in. So, i think it just kind of depends on where you're at it's definitely yeah uh it also depends on who you're associating with you know it's definitely uh an issue but at the same time i never felt like i was in danger going to you know the supermarket or anything and i would be standing in line behind some of these gang members you know they've got their their gangs tattooed on their heads and they were as long as you don't you know, yeah. disrespect them. They're actually very easy to get along with and I think that was something that kind of carried uh with me into this position because they're they're very polite. You know, I had on multiple occasions where I had to go to the supermarket and, you know, I I just need like a loaf of bread or some eggs and you know, there'd be two guys in front of me with their cart of groceries and you know, they'd be yeah. like, is that all you got? Go ahead, and you know, it happened. It happened quite often, actually. Um, it's, you know, it's weird. You think
0: it? It's because I think it's we just, you know, we don't stand out. Like, you know, like I have, I have like family members somewhat, I guess, involved in that life, and like, I think, like, you know, I grew up in in Baldwin Park, and like, even though I don't like. I don't glorify that, and I—it's—it's it's not at all a part of my life anymore. And it never really has been a heavy thing. Like I feel like it's just like, you know, like that's just life. Like it just—it's there. Like, you know, when they when they see me or you, they just see like another person from the block. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. It definitely somebody that didn't grow up in that environment. I think definitely does stand out um, because it makes it makes people nervous to be around people yeah. like that you know but you know i don't i i don't have any tattoos and you know the only thing that might you know draw question is my shaved head but that's uh yeah you know that's not because i'm i come from somewhere you know you know you get to a certain age and your hair just starts thinning yeah. um <laughs> oh but yeah i i never had any issues after i stopped associating myself with those people you know and i i kind of did that early on you know it's that's one thing that yeah. terrifies me about people with kids because i think about the things that i was doing in like even junior high i was 11 12 years old and i think about the things that people around me were doing and it just terrifies me because i was around gang members i was around drug dealers and i was around people that were really going down the wrong path very fast
0: i mean it was like alive and well like in high school like that kind of way of like was like it was there you know like i'm sure like i know like i know of a few people like who died in high school like back in like 2006 or seven or whenever the fuck it was you know yeah absolutely i know people that were
1: supposed to graduate with me that didn't even they didn't make it because they got caught up in some gang drama and they got killed you know i think even
0: one it was like their mistake though because like with the like i don't i don't think like there's any reason to fear gangsters if you're not a gangster because they have their targets like they they're not gonna they're not stupid they're not gonna like just kill a random person you know like what good would that be you know yeah like these people who like go who like died it was kind of like like they like you know they were like being reckless and kind of stupid with their life and it just it's unfortunate but like it kind of just happened you know
1: yeah definitely i think if i remember correctly there was even um like across from baldwin park high school there was a kid that got like stabbed and thrown on his front lawn um yeah and i i think that had to do a lot with like we had race wars and all kinds of nonsense yeah Um, but yeah i think in a majority of those cases like if you're just kind of going about your business and you're not really involved with that kind of life you're pretty much you're pretty much safe you're not absolutely safe
0: but you're you know you're gonna generally be okay for sure and like where you live now in like victorville like (laughs) this thing doesn't exist over there oh it definitely does um there's definitely some gangs out here
1: um i think it's actually gotten fairly worse in the last year or so um and i think it has a lot to do with the current global situation you know a lot of people are uh a lot of people are struggling right now and they're moving away from the city they're moving up to the desert and they're bringing that kind of same mentality with them and uh, the, the crime rate has definitely increased since we've kind of been affected by this pandemic
0: well if you if you don't have a job and you need to eat and you need to pay rent you know your survival skills are gonna you know they're gonna light up you're gonna have to like live somehow even if that means crime you know unfortunately absolutely
1: absolutely and especially you know especially in an area coming from an area like that it's just kind of second nature you know i need i need to make some money i'm gonna go rob somebody i'm gonna go sell some drugs it's just kind of like it's shitty to say but like that's kind of just what people do you know people come from struggling families and they see a way for them to make some quick money and that's kind of the kind of the mentality that gets them into trouble and some people carry that mentality into prison and they never let it go
0: yeah anyway um jesse it was great having you on it was great talking to you it's very yeah, man, interesting. Thank you. Thank thank and, uh, you for listening. No problem. It was amazing. I uh, hope you have a great night. Yeah, man. You too. Thank you.